At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Having the right TMS is vital in supporting freight broker growth. Partner with Thai Software to optimize your processes and compete with confidence. Get into the automation, data insights, and cash flow optimization game. Request a demo at thaisoftware.com. Welcome back to another edition of Chat Call. Today we're covering broker onboarding, training, and support, and why it's absolutely critical to the success of a brokerage. Don't forget to subscribe to Chat Call, the newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Before we get into our guest interview, there is some news in the world that you should check out. A federal judge has ruled that Total Quality Logistics, the infamous TQL, the second largest freight brokerage in the U.S., violated federal laws and owes overtime pay to thousands of former employees who worked more than 40 hours a week. Judge Michael Barrett of the U.S. District Court of the Southern District of Ohio issued a ruling on September 26, almost 18 months after a 12-day bench trial ended in early March 2022. He ordered TQL to pay overtime wages to the employees, but also ruled that TQL must pay an additional amount equal to the actual damages. Barrett also found Ken Oakes, the CEO or the chief executive and co-founder of TQL, personally liable. Bruce H. Meislich, the attorney from, lead attorney from Cincinnati, called Barrett's ruling a huge win for more than 4,500 members of the class action suit against TQL. At this point, we don't know what the actual damage number could be, Meislich told FreightWaves, but we are going to argue that they are owed time and a half for every hour worked over 40. Members of the class, who included more than 4,500 logistics account executives, trainees, uh, and logistics account executives, worked for TQL in Ohio from September 28th 2008 to August of 2016. These trainees are expected to spend at least six months conducting sales calls for freight brokers, earning between 36 and 38,000 before they are even considered to make the move for a salary to a commission-based system. This week's sonar chart of the show is a brief look at the Kansas City market. Outbound tender volumes in the Kansas City, Missouri market have fallen 1% since Sunday after rising in the back half of September. Inbound volumes, on the other hand, have dropped substantially, falling 12.8% since Sunday, as carriers avoid one of the markets impacted by the United Auto Workers strike. The decline in inbound loads is having a major impact on capacity in the market, as tender rejections in the market have soared to the highest level of the year, up 354 basis points since Sunday to 8.35. Today, we are joined by Andrea Duarte, the onboarding lead at Thai Software. Welcome to Check Call. Hi. How are you, Mary? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about, so I'm really excited to get into it today. But before we get too far into it, let's get some background on you and kind of how you got started at Thai. Sure. Well, I come from a family of truckers. My mom, along with her brothers, founded uh, her transportation company with two trucks their dad used to drive. So I work in the family business at the beginning of my career, and then I did corporate training plus customer services uh, focused on uh, web-based applications for the banking industry. So when I learned about Tide, it felt like this position was connecting all of uh, all of my previous experiences and the onboarding uh, department was just getting started. Okay, So they needed someone who would connect the different pieces and build a strong bridge 
between the point where the customers buy the product and the point where they actually start to use it fully. And as you may imagine, that in between is the most complicated part and is where we have the highest chances of them leaving. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. I personally um, do love onboarding because it's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's something that I used to do a little bit when I did LTL pricing, but only a small part of it. And uh, you're right, it is. it does have the highest chance for everything to go wrong and everyone to be mad and fighting with each other. And that's not really how you want to start a new relationship. Yes. Uh, yes. I like problem solving and I like to get complicated stuff and, and fixing puzzles. So I love it. Um, so then I guess when it comes to kind of onboarding new customers or even new freight brokers, like kind of what's the what's the first approach that you guys take? What's that day one? This is the, how we're going to take. Is it the same for customers and brokers or is it the same or is it, uh, you know, a little different? I think that the most important part is having a plan in place, having a strong processes and being able to communicate them. So I take the time to personally meet every broker that joins Thai, no matter the size of the company to explain every step of the onboarding process from the beginning to end. And we treat each customer onboarding as a separate project with its own timelines, with all, well, its own activities and its own escalation procedures because, you know, as, as, as smooth as you, as you want things to be, there will always be different customers and different personalities that you have to deal with. So that takes me to the next approach that I take and is to have the right people. At the end of the day, I'm only one person, so I need to have a strong team um, that it's able to handle all those different personalities and all those different expectations. Okay. So, um, I need to, for them to be able not only to provide training, but to become true advisors. Okay. Um, true advocates and true, uh, partners of customers so that they can gain the, their trust. And I also need to, for them to understand, you know, what business are they working for and what are the specifics so that we can provide a tailor made uh, recommendations and, and processes to them. Finally, uh, be adaptable, be present. I think that um, you just need to be able to hold their hand every step of the way. And that's love is the secret for everything, right? Yes, I like that you said that tailor-made approach because, you know, the same general timeline and framework might work from, you know, implementation to implementation. But when it comes to the actual, like, you know, that's a good framework to start with. But then when you have to go from like, okay, well, this part's taking a lot longer. So we just need to scooch it on back or because of all of these external factors, you know, we have to adjust it. And so it does truly become tailor-made. And um, I'm sure everyone appreciates the hand-holding, even if sometimes the hand-holding is the hand, arm, and whole body holding as we walk through. <laughs> We've all had those customers and we love them, but sometimes they just take a little bit more, uh, a little bit more touches than some others. Yes. And when you take the time to understand them, it's really about... Um, for them to be able to feel comfortable with the system. And, and most of the reasons that they have are, are valid. So you just need to be able to adapt to strong personalities and have a strong personality of your own. Oh, absolutely. I don't feel like that's in any short supply over there. But uh, you do bring up a great point. You know, you have that um, a lot of times, you know, that extra hand holding or that extra, you know, reassurance that a customer might need is is a result of maybe they, a lack of communication further up the chain. So they just might not know what's going on. And if you take a second and go, oh, well, OK, because I've talked to you and I understand kind of how you work and how you operate, I now know that oh, this isn't like you're not just necessarily being complicated for the sake of being complicated. Someone just never told you what was going on. So let me break it down. So then it becomes a lot easier for both of us to deal with. Absolutely. 
When it comes to these kind of onboarding and training programs, can you talk about some of the training programs you've developed or kind of implemented for, you know, individual customers or then even the freight brokers that you bring on? Of course. Um, at Thai, uh, I, I have worked on what I like to call, you know, those three layers of knowledge and training that we're going to offer customers. So the first layer is is this year we have a, we have launched a, an online platform for courses that cover all of the topics regarding Thai so that brokers can create their own or, or train their own subject matter experts. Um, they have quizzes, they will be able to generate certificates, they will be able to get individually trained on LTL, truckload, carrier and customer management, and more. Um, the second layer would be live sessions where an specialist is going to connect only with your company to reinforce what was delivered during those online courses and to focus on your particular needs and your particular pain points um, ensuring that all of the questions and answers and are, uh, have answers. Um, sessions are recorded and they, you know, they are sent to customers and they have this individual space with Thai sort of to, you know, um, feel strong and confident about the product they're buying. Um, finally, we have our, a strong knowledge base. It's like Thai's encyclopedia. So we update it on a daily basis. Customers or anybody who has access to the system can just, you know, type any word related to Thai and they're going to get resources, videos, materials to start answering questions on their own. Now, it's a common misconception to think that onboarding is only about training. It's actually, especially when it comes to the onboarding of a new TMS, there are other factors that are going to play um, there. So one a, and one very important is data migration. So this is a huge pain for, for, for most freight brokers because we see that would they come from TMSs where they're not going to have access to their information. So they're not going to be able to download their carrier list. They're not going to, they're going to have to contact their provider to get uh, information regarding historical loads. So that's where we strive to provide customers with the freedom and access to their information. God forbid one day they want to leave Thai, they're going to have the best reporting tools to download everything that they need without having to contact us. That's a uh, that's kind of refreshing because you know one of the common things that especially when you talk about you know getting in involved with a new provider or something like that is you know what happens to your data when you leave and how easy is it for you to take because there are some providers out there that don't exactly have the best approach to that and it's when you leave okay well you're gone and your data is still mine so have a nice day yes exactly. Um, so I guess when it comes to, you know, preparing people for this new TMS, because, um, you know, everybody loves change. It's the number one thing sweeping the nation that everybody loves to deal with. So what kind of um, what kind of steps should normally be put in place for like a successful onboarding to really prepare their team and kind of face the least amount of roadblocks? What are some of those things that, you know, shippers or even brokers can do? Yeah, well, um as you mentioned, it's all about change management. You, they need to have a strong strategy when it comes to, to, to prepare for change. And this means on one hand, you need to get the buy-in of every st stakeholder inside your company. Um, it is very frequent for the TMS onboarding or implementation to get overthrown by internal parties that were not involved during the discovery process. So when they face this new system, they will resist, they will oppose to the point where it becomes impossible to implement. So if you're a business owner, if you're a manager, you need to be sure that you involve every important piece of your operation in the search for the best technology available out there for you and for every department that works for you. Um, in addition to this, of course, have timelines established and have steps 
we cannot just jump from one system to another overnight. Um, you need to be sure to provide them with, you know, a necessary time for training, necessary time for adapting and establish goals, timelines that are feasible for all. One of the things that I like is the, um, you know, setting goals that are feasible for all. And so, um, you know, whether that's you have to understand that not everyone in an organization, when you're setting these goals as like the person who would be setting them, you need to understand that not everyone's, you know, the, the most adaptable to new technology. And you kind of have to base it off some of those medium to slower adapters. So that way, you know, you're like, oh, OK, a week of training and we'll be good. No, it's not. That's not how everybody works. Like some people are going to need a little bit more time to get in that system and, um, what I like to call have appropriate time to break it. Um, because for some reason, whenever I it's, it's been my job for however I've long I've been implementing new systems or trying something new. Um, it's just go break it. And inevitably, I'll find some way to break it and have an error pop up that everybody's like, we've never seen this before. And I'm like, that's because I'm really good at breaking things. Um, and so it's one of those where you have to really kind of get in there and make sure that the, m the mistakes are made and everything's done before you actually go live when it's not, you know, causing trucks or shipments to get lost somewhere or, you know, paperwork to not to not go or someone not to get paid. It's that test environment where you can just go break everything and then nothing really bad happens. Just you got to redo your test environment, but it's a test environment. So you just kind of reset it and you're good to go. Yes. Break it until you make it. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. So when it comes to kind of these implementations and everything, you touched on it a little bit, but what are some of those mistakes that people make when it comes to adopting a new TMS? Is it something as simple as just going out and picking the wrong one that doesn't necessarily serve their needs? Or is it, like you said, having those unrealistic expectations? One of the most common mistakes is um, related to, to what we were saying before is expecting things not to change. Um, a TMS is supposed to make your life easier. It is supposed to automate things that were done manually in the past or centralized processes that were done in all of these different instances. This means, this means that some things are going to change. So perhaps you're not going to have to manually fill out a spreadsheet with a bunch of information when you're creating a rate con, or you're not going to have to manually reply to each code request that you get. But some businesses and some people inside there are so comfortable with the way they're doing things that they expect things to remain exactly the same and they focus on the little thing that is going to be different instead of focusing on the big picture. Yes, some things are going to change, but look at all of the things that are going to be better, easier once you once you go ahead and cross that bridge. That's one of the things I love is when someone's like, oh, it's going to it's going to change. And now the four different steps I have to take to book one load is now two, but it's faster and it'll save me more time. But but this is how it's done. And even though I have to go through three different systems to make it happen, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make those changes. And you're like, but it's so much better. Like, accept the change. You're going to get so much free time back. Correct. So um, I guess what kind of you've touched on it a little bit as well, but what kind of strategies have you used for the ongoing support and that mentorship? Because obviously, you know, everything goes everything always goes perfectly smoothly during onboarding. There's never any problems, any hiccups. Um, but that ongoing support and, you know, that day to day kind of operations um, and then as well as onboarding, you know, new hires at that brokerage, what kind of strategies have you guys used that really seem to be super effective? Our policy is that we don't want customers to just go through the motions. So, yes, we have three departments, we have sales, we have onboarding, then they go on to support. But it's important that we just that we do not just kick into the next stage. So from the moment that we get a lead and this and I know that a sales rep is working on closing a deal, 
we make sure as onboarding to understand how this business operates and what are their specific needs and where what are the pain points. So sometimes that is a headache for, for sales, um, I'm going to be honest, but we do have a big list of pre deal questions and we want to make sure to go over, you know, how many customers they have, how many years in the industry, how many carriers, how do they, they handle their accounting, their commissions, and what are those little um, tweaks that they're going to need in preparation for arriving to, to the, to, to tie basically. This goes before onboarding. And then once I am ready to send a customer live and, and I'm going to hand it over to the support stage, um, I, I make sure to, to create a testing stage and a testing space where all teams, not only onboarding and support board, but also sales, client success, are responsible for helping this account to succeed. So as you mentioned, during testing or when they're actually using the system, there are things that are going to come out that did not come out during training, that did not come out during the preparation. So we need to be able to jump uh, back, realign, retrain if necessary, and just provide that ongoing support before we say, well, hey, this customer is ready to go on their I, I like that. Uh, the surprises. That's a good thing to uh, say. The surprises that come out as you get through that discovery phase and you go to the onboarding phase where you're like, I'm sorry, what? This is not this is the first I'm hearing about this. And this is going to be a problem. Yes. And normally at that point, we need to we need to meet, we need to realign. Probably, so, you know, emotions are going to are going to surface and you, onboarding is just to be able to handle hu the human part of it, not only the system part of it. Yeah, because that's one of the few areas, the onboarding area is one of the few areas where you do have, you know, the systems and the business side of everything, but then you have everyone's feelings arguably like at the at the most tilted or anything that they'll have where, you know, they, they are unhappy that something's happening or they're not, they don't feel like something, they're getting what was promised to them or you kind of have to navigate that and maybe they're mad about these changes and you're just kind of like, well, I can't, I can't do anything about it other than just try to make you feel better. But that's, that is the one awkward part of it is that it's not so cut and dry. It's more the people side of things versus just the technology side of things. I always tell them that um, I wish I, I could I wish I could tell you, Mr. Customer, that things are going to go smoothly. But um, changing TMS is arriving to a new TMS is never an easy thing. So I don't promise that we're not going to have roadblocks. What I promise you is that I, I am going to be there and that we know that this is important to you. And believe me, it is. If it's important to you, it's important to me. The infamous line of, you know, we're going to get through it. It's We're going to have our bumps. But as long as we just stick together, ultimately, we'll come out on the other side doing pretty okay. Correct. So I guess how often have you guys seen, you've been doing onboarding for quite a while. You're kind of, I'm going to call you a pro at it. Um, the How often have you guys seen, um, you know, employee turnover as a result, or not employee turnover, employee turnover as a result of, you know, onboarding systems? Have you seen a lot of, um, you know, changes in staff as that happens? And then also, you know, how many how many, how often do you see um, shipper or customers that, you know, change their TMS, want to change it a year later? Like how often does that happen? Or is it pretty much once they kind of change their TMS, they're, they're good for a while? Well, yes, as, as we were discussing, once a customer is using the system and, and, and is using it to move live shipments, it's very unlikely that they are going to leave. And once and once they have signed the contract where they have just begun the, their stage. So it's, it's, we don't really know how many deals go bad. We just know the deals that go right. But during onboarding, this is, you know, it's, it's a tense, it's a tense situation and is a tense, um, time in, uh, in the, in the process. 
But um, in, in Thai, we have an attrition of less than 10%. We lose then less than 10% of our customers during the onboarding stage. Um, and what I hear, heard that, you know, uh, brokers value the most is not only the system innovations that we offer at Thai, but uh, it's also the fact that we are able to be there for them every step of the way. So they are not going to have to wait too long for us to reply to an email. If something is important to them, we're not going to tell them, you know, hey, um, this is a multi-tenant system and we'll work with a lot of people other than you. What we do is, even with the smallest guy, we almost always adapt to what they need. This is not easy for our dev team. This is not easy on, on Thai itself, but we make sure that we have the right people on each stage and that we provide a tailor-made customer service, allowing them to bend and let us know what they need and, you know, helping them on, on every step of the way I have said already. So um, what is, the, what is the, the percentage of customers who leave after they are using the system? It is really, it's really a low percentage. And I would say that this year it's also related to industry trends and, and more than to the system itself. Yeah, everybody, this is, this is not a, a good year for the data. It's, uh, it's bad for everyone. Um, but I do like that you guys are there. Uh, as someone who has used many a TMS and uh, submitted many a ticket for something broken uh, to the point where I'm just sitting there staring at my computer waiting to do something because it's broken uh, and getting, to- getting told, uh, yeah, it'll be a week or two before we get to it. You're like, cool, well, I'm just going to do nothing for the next two weeks because there's literally nothing I can do. Uh, I like that you guys are, that is always one of my pet peeves is, you know, the, yeah, the, everyone says that they're there to help. But then when you actually need help, they're like, oh, we'll talk to you in two weeks when we get to this. And I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> no, you said you would help me. This is not helpful. Yeah. And for me as a leader, I know I'm not only, you know, there to, I don't know, coach my people, but I'm right there in the process, checking tickets, being like, hey, you haven't answered this. I'm going to answer for you because my customer is the most important. And that gets me into fights with other departments because, you know, the devs are, they have their own agenda. Uh, but for me, it's all about helping, helping my customers, even if sometimes it can become difficult to balance it all. All right. So we are running out of time today, but there is a question that everyone comes in the show has to answer. And it might be the hardest question that you get all day today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Um, a hot dog is not a sandwich as a hamburger is not a sandwich either. Um, I think they're too special to to be categorized uh, under the sandwich, I don't know, umbrella, sort of a speak. Um, but I would say that I love arepas. Uh, this is like the Venezuelan sandwich and recommended for everyone who hasn't tried them. Is that, but arepas are, are there clothes on every side, aren't they? They are. Well, in Venezuela, we open them, we cut them open and we put all sorts of juicy things inside of them. And then we eat it like a sandwich. So is an arepa a sandwich? I think not. Okay. It's 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 its own thing. Like you have a you don't you don't go to the store and go like, I want an arepa sandwich. No, you would get laughed out of that store. Just like you don't go and get and get I want a hot dog sandwich or a hamburger sandwich. Like you don't you don't do that. But um as a as someone who does love food, arepas are honestly probably one of the coolest things because they're I've never had a bad one. So uh well done. Any, any chance to bring up arepas, I'm in. Perfect. I'll invite you next weekend then. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to reach out to you outside of the show, where can they find you? Well, they can um, find me, uh, they can write me an email, andrea at thaisoftware.com. 
um, just just like that. And I'll be more than happy to help. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. You too. Find Check Call the Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible, incredible Freight Waves podcasts, such as Great Quarter Gals and Rethinking Reshoring. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Check Call. See you on the internet.